They suppress it. They push it down. They avoid it. I mean, statistically, one in every three women, so that means one in every three men, right? Because men are part of that as well, too. Yes. Have experienced an abortion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't be the only one who sits in our sanctuary. Welcome to the Walk in Truth mini-sode, a step closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. Now, let's get into today's topic. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, a step closer mini-sode. This is part four on the leaked Roe v. Wade decision uh, from Supreme Court of the United States of America that Roe v. Wade will be overturned potentially. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know for sure. If it does happen, it would happen, Angie. And Angie Plaza is one of our guests, if you've been uh, following along with us. Angie, uh, what are the implications of a decision like this? Let's say that it's true Roe v. Wade on a federal level is overturned. What does that mean? That it just goes to the state level in order to decide whether or not abortion is legal per the state. Mm -hmm. Now, we live in the state of California, so we don't have much hope that we're going in the other direction with AB 2223. But um, someone who lives in a more conservative state, i.e. Texas, Oklahoma, maybe Tennessee, uh, it could be a different story. The state could then determine that abortion is illegal. Mm-hmm. And people have great concern about that. Like, what is what does that mean? Is that really going to happen? Is that the best thing for our country? I hope it's become crystal clear to you that that's the best thing in light of what abortion actually is. But w- w- any other thoughts on the implications or if you're having a conversation with someone like they're curious, what does this mean if I live in Southern California or whatever? Well, I think if you live in California, it's not going to affect us because I don't see our state going in the direction of making abortion illegal. So I don't feel it affects anybody in California who's trying to make a decision on whether or not to abort. And other states obviously potentially could affect them. Um, and then there goes back to the argument we had on the last episode of, you know, there there's not going to be safe health care, although I don't think abortion is health care. Yeah. And abortion is not safe. So then you kind of get yeah. back into that argument. Again. So we go right back to yeah. the See, th- I hope this, this is teaching all of us something. You go right back to the core of the issue and it takes care of all the other arguments. Yeah. You know, well, how could this happen? And, well, if, you, if you've been listening along with us, this is what should happen. Every state in the union should make this illegal. Why? Because it's murder. Not because we're trying to judge somebody, but because of what it is. Now, we've been walking through an acronym We've done logical arguments. Life begins at conception. We've uh, talked a little bit about the issue, what is the unborn? If it's a a human being from the moment of conception, all other arguments kind of fall by the wayside. We're going to begin to search out a little bit more the F, which is forgiveness, um, because we, we are not here to condemn you. We're here to bring clarity, but then hope. But before we we move there, um, you two, Pastor Shane Lance sitting to my left, Angie Plaza to my right, you both have personal experiences. Shane, you and your your wonderful wife, Natalie, you now have a child, Melody, and she's a great blessing to all of us. But before that, there was a struggle. Uh, You lost some children. Yeah. And uh, I want to pitch it to you here for a moment to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, You know— 
Um, I think that we can give people scriptures and we can we can talk about um, what God has said in his word. And, um, you know, I said in an earlier episode in this series that I, I plead with my peers to take God's word at, at what it is and to believe that it is his finished word. And he has spoken on this issue. It's not up for debate. Um, however, I think we can give people scriptures and until we're blue in the face. And um, I believe that God's word can transform. I believe it transforms all the time. I believe it's powerful. But I will tell you that um, I have personal relationships with people who have had abortions who are still healing from that. And um, I've had some women tell me that they don't think they'll ever fully be healed from that until they're in eternity. Um, and it's something they will walk with the rest of their life. Um, thank God for his forgiveness and his mercy. But this is a huge uh, decision that women make, and oftentimes the implications of the long-term effects are not um, there in the moment when that decision is made. Yeah, my wife Natalie and I have experienced loss. Um, We have a seven-month-old baby now, and I will tell you that because of the the loss that we experienced before we had Melody, um, it brought a whole new weight to Melody's life. Um, when Melody was born, I weeped like a baby <laughs> um, because I knew the journey that Natalie and I had walked through to get to that point. And we even had a pretty scary delivery. Um, Melody was stuck for a while and there yeah. was concern of suffocation. And um, even we had to use forceps, which is a terrifying process. And you hear all these things about forceps. And it was it was such an overwhelming thing. But here's my point in talking about our experience is this is that we have seen the miracle of what a child being born really is. And and it is nothing short of a miracle yeah. that um, God forms these babies in the womb. And to believe the lie that God has not already set a purpose for that child's life is, is just that. It's to believe yeah. a lie. And I think that if we miss that as believers— you know, we are missing a huge thing that God has spoken in his word. And, and Shane, you said something important at the end of the last minisode. You said that if John the Baptist's mom had chosen abortion or mom and dad, we can't leave out the dads. Right. John the Baptist would be dead. And my friend, my brother, my sister, if your parents had chosen abortion, you'd be dead. Not a potential you. Right. You would be dead. So you can talk about, well, you know, they're going to do it anyway, or we got to provide safe, dot, dot, dot. I, I hope you're done with that because there is really no safe abortion and there's no reason for abortion because of what it is. But if you, if your mom or dad chose abortion, you'd be dead. You would not have had a chance to live here. Now, I want to continue to bring out the grace here, though. Yes. Because we've talked about the reality. You've talked about the preciousness of life, Pastor Shane. Uh, Angie, you said something earlier uh, when we weren't on the air, and it, and it was this. You said that it's hard for you to kind of go back because of where you are today in your healing journey. Um, would you walk that out a little bit mm-hmm. of kind of where you're at today as opposed to the trauma and what you went through and, yeah. and even um, what you offer today? in terms of ministry to couples who have been through this. Yeah. I was saying it's, it's hard for me to remember what I, you know what I mean? Felt like before I'd walked through a healing process because I don't live in that place. 
but I know that I walked in shame and I walked in guilt. It was a deep, dark secret. I was never going to tell anybody. Um, but now, I mean, I do still have regret and remorse. And so there's a difference. There's a difference between shame and guilt and condemnation. That's from the enemy. And there's a difference between remorse and regret. And I feel that um, way too many women in the church walk in shame and guilt. They suppress it. They push it down. They avoid it. I mean, statistically, one in every three women. So that means one in every three men, right? Because men are part of that as well, too. Yes. Have experienced an abortion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't be the only one who sits in our sanctuary. I mean, we know that there are others, but um, who who suffer in silence. Um, And so I'm a firm believer that there's a difference between being saved, being forgiven and being healed. Mm. So you're saying that there's a lot of walking wounded still. Yes. um, Who are there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8 1. We are eternally forgiven because of the work of the cross. However, practically. So one can still feel like they're under condemnation. So yes. I, I want to ask you, Angie, you've offered post-abortive counseling to couples, you and Willie, mm-hmm. your husband. Um, what does that look like? And why would someone, why should someone pursue that who's listening and they're the one in three? They've gone through this. Because there's no way of us denying that that was a life and that we took a life. And so we need to walk through a forgiveness process process um, and allow ourselves to receive forgiveness from the Lord. And then the healing process basically takes you through the grieving process. Because Mm -hmm. if you remove how, where, and why that child is no longer here, Mm -hmm. there's still a missing child. Yes. And so society doesn't necessarily provide a place for the parents of aborted or even miscarried children to grieve. Yes. And it's that grieving process that men and women need to go through for that healing. Um, because what it does is it takes the focus off us where it's always been. Yes. And it puts it back onto the children where it should have been from the start. Mm. Yeah, I could not agree with what you just said more. It's so interesting. Um, you know, we have a church here in Corona where I minister as one of the pastors and worship leader. And when we shared with our congregation some of the hurt that my wife and I had walked through. It was amazing by, I'm not exaggerating, by the dozens people that came to us and said that they'd walked through the same thing. But had I not, and I'm not uh, saying this uh, to toot my own horn, if you will, but to say this, had I not been transparent from the front about something we had walked through, I would have never known dozens of couples of all different ages and seasons of life who have walked through the same thing. And I think with abortion and with um, the hurt from miscarriages, part of the problem is that we don't talk about it enough. And so people feel isolated because they look around. And I've said this in some sermons recently uh, because the Lord has really impressed this on my heart lately, that it is really good to look good for about 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And you can really make your life look like you've got everything together. And it's sad. It's a sad narrative and reality that in the church, when, when people show up week after week and they put on a facade, and they make it look as if they've got all their stuff together, all their ducks in a row. And I appreciate a level of transparency from our leaders when we say, look, each one of us has done things we regret. Um, we've made mistakes, but there's forgiveness in the Lord. And, you know, 
we are living in a time and in a culture right now that is devaluing human life. And I have a question that I would just ask of anybody listening to this today, no matter what age you are, what season of life you are in. My question becomes, what is molding and shaping your worldview? Mm -hmm. Because I am seeing, and uh, we talk about pandemics and epidemics in our culture. We have an epidemic of Christians who are allowing outside biblical sources to ultimately dictate their worldview. And I am pleading with my fellow Christians specifically to let the Bible, take the Bible at its word. In humility, allow God's word to mold your worldview. It is our ultimate authority. His thoughts are much higher and so much more significant than ours. And this means that our opinions and our views need to be determined by his guiding word, not by our feelings or by what others around us think. And Pastor Shane, that should be a no-brainer for every Bible-believing Christian. But sadly, Barner Research has determined that professing uh, Christians, you know, something like 6% of them have a biblical worldview. So we've got some soul-searching to do from pulpits and as those who claim that we follow Christ in terms of how we live out. A biblical worldview is not just a intellectual set of facts, brother, sister. It's how you live. Right. And look— The E in our acronym is eternal life. Forgiveness gives you eternal life in Christ. If you trust in what Jesus did for you, he took our shame at the cross. He bore our punishment at the cross. And there's going to be hope even for a reunion, Angie, uh, for aborted children on that day, a hope that we'll see them again. One more thought. Well, I just want to be clear, too. I said this in a previous episode, but I'll say it again, that Christians need to display tremendous compassion towards women who find themselves in frightening pregnancy situations. I mean, and, we and need guys, to be, too. And, and the men, right? We need to walk them through with biblical guidance. However, this is key. Our compassion needs to look different than the compassion of the world. The world's compassion will encourage women to have an abortion so that they can follow their dreams and be successful and out of convenience. More often than not, as we've talked about in previous episodes about how the statistics show that the exceptions are often what are argued from, not the, not the norm. Um, the compassion of Christ links arms with women while also protecting the unborn. And most importantly, it equips them with the resources to be great mothers and to even continue following after their pursuits and dreams once they have their baby. But I think oftentimes, with good intentions, Christians have misplaced compassion favoring the situational fears of an unplanned pregnancy rather than focusing on the injustice of murdering yes. an unborn child. So you just hit the nail on the head, and I think you've summed up where we've gone with this LIFE acronym. LIFE begins at the moment of conception. The issue is what is the unborn? We have talked about forgiveness, and, and we're, we're going to have to wrap up this episode. And we're going to do a part five just so that we can share some final thoughts. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm here with Pastor Shane Lance with Angie Plaza. We're talking about the issue of the leaked Roe v. Wade decision from the Supreme Court. This is a step closer, a ministry of walk-in truth. We will do part five uh, of the mini-sode on this topic next time. Tune in. We'll catch you right here. Thanks for listening to A Step Closer. Let us know your thoughts on today's topic. You can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. You can also let us know a topic or question you'd like us to answer and discuss. Again, email us at contact at walkintruth.com. Thank you.